Welcome to The Get Together. This is our show about ordinary people building extraordinary communities. I'm your host, Bailey Richardson. I'm a partner at People and Company and a co-author of the book, Get Together, How to Build a Community with Your People. In each episode of this podcast, we interview everyday people who have built extraordinary communities about just how they did it. Today, we have a special interview with Whitney Ogutu, one of our two podcast correspondents for this inaugural cycle who comes to us from Nairobi, Kenya. For our regular listeners, you'll recall that in the middle of July, we announced that we were searching for a new podcast correspondent to help us expand the stories we tell. No podcasting experience was necessary. We'd offer these correspondents a hands-on mini crash course in podcasting, compensate them, and coach them as they make three episodes over three months they spent with us. We had an incredible response to the program, 117 applications, many of which moved us and inspired us. We decided in the end to bring on not just one, but two correspondents, Whitney, who you'll meet today, and Marjorie Anderson. We've been training Whitney and Marjorie over the past few months on our editorial voice, how to do outreach, how to interview, and to edit, and they've recorded their interviews. Before we share their interviews with you, we wanted to introduce you. So without further ado, meet the cerebral, sincere, kind-hearted Whitney Ogutu, who is putting Get Together on the map in Africa. We know you're going to love her. Whitney, welcome to the podcast. We are here doing a New York to Nairobi uh, connection. Thank you, technology. I'm really excited to have you on today and, and really excited to have you on our team, um, on our correspondent team. So I'm, I'm stoked. I thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Bailey. It's, it's, it's an honor and a pleasure to, to finally be on the podcast and, and be part of the team as well. So super excited about that. Woo! I'm, I'm going to start out our little interview by asking you one of my favorite questions, which is, you know, we like to say that you can't fake the funk. And I, I want to know, what is it about you, maybe your upbringing, personality, life experiences so far that has made you interested in and passionate about community building? Um, I was raised uh, around people, a lot of people. So I come from a very big family and my folks always just loved to have people around and, you know, host guests over the weekend. And one thing I also realized is that uh, throughout my childhood is that they loved to support the people around them. They're always coming up with initiatives that support the immediate environment. Um, and they made a great team too together. I mean, my dad would always be the one coming up with the ideas and my mom was excellent in execution. And so I believe my inclination towards uh, community work can be highly attributed to my up upbringing and the example that my parents uh, set throughout the years and you know throughout my childhood and even into my adulthood I remain hell-bent in working with people and trying to bring the best out of them through community work and especially within the startup space because I'm very passionate about working at the intersection of community and innovation so I'd say I saw a lot of community work early on from from my parents but then understood understood it a bit more once I really got into you know, the bolts and nuts of what community is and what community building actually is. Sounds sounds like a familiar sort of journey in some ways. I, I'm curious, do you have any memories of moments or experiences or stories from your upbringing that stand out about just some of the experiences you had when you were young with, with your friends, with your family that felt like a community? Um, yes, sure. 
So what my dad and or rather what my parents always did is they when I was when I was a kid and even just up to now they formed uh, so what we call them in in Kenya or in Nairobi we call them chamas and this is a sort of like society group so people come together and and brainstorm on a, on a problem within their community within the society hmm. and they try and pull resources and funds and see well, what's the best way to to address this uh, how can we get more people involved and so my parents have always been in some sort of chama throughout the throughout the entire life and hmm. it's it's always it, it always involves bringing who can we bring in who has the muscle to to get this initiative on the ground and going and so i think that's one of the early experiences i have on community and chamas are huge in kenya huge hmm. in kenya um and especially even within within it's it's very big with women um because i think it's also just one of the ways women also get time to just come together and socialize so hmm. chamas are a huge thing in kenya and so I've seen that throughout throughout my throughout my uh, entire childhood, and they would. So what they do also is always um, go to each other's houses. So let's say A would be hosting this time, and Mary would be hosting next time, and Beatrice would be hosting the other time. Mm. So they always do that where they're going to each other's homes, and so and it 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 brings people in. It brings everyone together. So that's that's one of the early uh, childhood memories I have on 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 the sense of community, especially around Chama and trying to just help the, the people around them. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It sounds like a format that really creates community. Like if you if you do it, you end up with a community, which I always like those formats. It's like everybody's participating, like a potluck dinner in the US, I suppose. I, I'm curious, you know, you talked a little bit about how your community building work shows up today. Um, but could could you tell me a little bit about your life outside the podcast and and what community you're thinking about now? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of community work and when you talk about community work, true communities in this case involve a lot of meaningful and purpose-driven work. And they also tend to go very far and achieve big things if the momentum is kept. And um, as a result, I've become very intentional about creating meaningful spaces and relationships in my life after realizing the benefits that come out of it. So I think one community that that that, that I'm really keen on, on, on building um, for you know for myself and even a lot of people uh, around me is because um, is, is is on mental health. I've been very um, open about my mental health journey, and I always have folks reaching mm. out saying thank you so much for talking mm. about your journey. I feel seen. I feel understood. And I realized that there's a lot of, you know, there's also a lot of stigmatization around mental health. It's still something people are not very comfortable to talk about. And so that's that's one of the communities that 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 I think I am looking to be part of and build just outside of, of, of my work um, around community with, with the startup space. So it would be definitely yeah. something around mental health. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. You know, you and I have talked a little bit about that. Um, and, and we've also interviewed a, a, a group on this podcast called Friendship Bench, which I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of, but um, they, they were talking a lot about the stigma in, in Africa in general and, and everywhere in the United States is the same. Yeah. But I find like with, with mental health feeling like you can express what you're going through and have someone else receive it and see it and hear it such a salve like it can make you feel so much better yes. and the stigma can be so preventative with yeah in terms of getting that that healing that is so so valuable so i support i'm, I'm here to support you in that in any way so please please yeah and let me know how i can help you know we we touched on this a little bit but how is the meaning of the word 
community changed for you, if at all, you know, from those childhood memories uh, into now as you've gone deeper into the work in a more formal way? Does, does the word community change at all or stay the same for you? Oh, man, yes, it's definitely changed. Uh, and I think this is something that I've, I've learned from the folks at uh, People and Company, uh, from just from you and, and Kevin a lot, is the aspect about building with and not for. I think there's, mm. there's a whole misconception and it's very easily easy to get deluded into thinking that uh, community work involves building for as opposed to with. And I've just, so the meaning of community has changed to me in the aspect of how communities about distributing ownership amongst the group as opposed to having all the initiatives uh, run by one person. So I think the aspect about building with and not for, I think is what, what has been the big shift for me in trying to understand what exactly community is and how can we uh, build um, active, vibrant and, 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 and purpose-driven communities. And I think it's, and I've, I've seen it even in practice, just trying to involve the people we are trying to serve in the initiatives in the process. It's, it's much more better. You don't have to do so much heavy lifting because you are working with the members you're trying to serve. So you're not trying to yeah. come up with things on your own, but rather working with the community in trying to trying to, to cater to their needs. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it has this double-edged value. Like one is a scale, you know, you don't become a bottleneck as the only person who's trying to organize things or reach people or have the events reach people. And then also just the meaning element, you know, talking about these chamas and the way that everybody in the group was maybe invited to contribute. It, it just changes the dynamic of a group when you feel like an active participant and a co-owner, you know. So I feel like there's there's two really strong values which are sort of different from each other, but both both very powerful. And I'm, I'm curious, you know, what's something that you maybe this is the same as that last answer, but what didn't you know? when you started building communities that you know now? What, what's what been a learning for you? Oh, oh wow. Um, I think that would be just how broad and, and tasking I think community work is. Mm. What I'm realizing is that, and even here, even just in my work, is that community teams are not very big, but the work around community is a lot and it's very broad and covers a lot of, of, of elements and facets. And so just realizing that you have to do like constant pulse checks with your community. Otherwise you'll be out of touch with their needs and their concerns and what's really going on. So just realizing that there's, there's a lot that needs to be done for you to really understand what's actually going on in my in the community and whatnot. But I think something yeah. also interesting, I also learned, and I think I, I, this, this hit me when I was reading your piece on how Substack created such a rad and vibrant community. That was an excellent piece, by the way. Oh, thank you. Check it out at the Get Together <laughs> Substack. <laughs> you can get those in your inbox. <laughs> yes, that was that was a really good breakdown. And I think you're talking about how they're, they're trying to enable serendipity in the sense that you can't always pick up all the calls. You can't always cater to, to all of your members. But then how do you enable connections between your members? How can you help members help themselves? So just trying to create an environment where serendipity occurs and people can help each other and you have resources that can do the work for you because sometimes it can be very tasking to have to reach out to each and every member of your community. So I think that's one of the things that I've that I didn't know when I started building communities, but but I'm but I'm learning and especially at this moment in time. 
It's a big challenge too. The Substack team talks about how they're not trying to be a a Substack community where everyone is connecting to the brand or the employees. They're trying to connect people who use Substack writers to each other to support one another. And it's a very different way of thinking, I think, than how we're taught to think and work professionally. And and it's a challenge to to flip that switch. Um, yeah. So final question is, you know, you're going to be making three episodes of the podcast, interviewing three people. And I'm curious, what what can listeners expect from you and these episodes? What can you share with us? Listeners should expect some very refreshing and new voices on the platform, just Woo-hoo! by virtue being being also just trying to put Africa on the map. I think... Um, there we go. <laughs> yes, that's the that's plan, putting Africa on the map. And I think I think the podcast uh, correspondent program is, is, an, is, is an incredible idea because then you get to to hear stories and learn about communities far away from, from you, but all, but are just doing amazing things. And so I'm excited to just have exciting and, and, and new and fresh um, voices on the platform on amazing communities here in Nairobi. Um, we have we have a couple and I'm, I'm excited and looking forward to having them and interviewing them for the podcast. We are too. You know, I think the nature of our team is all of us are U.S. based. You know, some Mia's in San Francisco, but Kevin and I and 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 Maggie for a long time have all been in like the New York area, and we are so excited to hear what's going on in other parts of the world, and in particular to really see what's going on in Kenya and in Nairobi and where you are to be transported like that is so exciting for us. So we can't wait. Whitney, thank you so much for sharing some of your story with us. Thank you for having me, Bailey. Yeah, we're, I'm, I, it was an absolute pleasure. Is there anything about how you, you know, listeners can also connect to you? Where would you like people to find you? Or, or you know, if you don't want people to find you, you don't have to answer that question. <laughs> but is there anywhere anyone can reach out if they want to say hi? Oh, yeah, sure. I'm big on Twitter. So my handle is at Whitney Ogutu, and that's Whitney like Whitney Houston and Ogutu, O-G-U-T-U. So Whitney Ogutu. Um, find me on Twitter. Feel free to DM, to comment, like, whatever. I'll, I'm happy to connect with the listeners. Awesome. Great. Thanks, Whitney. Speak to you soon. Thanks, Bailey. Thank you to our team. Thank you, Christian Ayala, for engineering and editing this episode, Greg David for his design work, and Katie O'Connell for marketing. You can find out more about the work we do as People and Company, helping organizations get clearer on who their most important communities are and how to build with those people by heading to our website, peopleand.company. Also, if you want to start your own community or supercharge one you're already a part of, our handbook is here for you. Visit gettogetherbook.com to grab a copy. It's full of stories and learnings from conversations with community leaders, like this one with Whitney. Final thing, if you don't mind, review this podcast or click subscribe. It helps get our stories out to more folks. Thank you. See you next time.